0: Hello, former The One fans, and welcome back to another edition of the Story on Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Holcomb, as always, alongside good friend, Rome Ke. today. Road bull driver Max Verstappen once again takes pole position for the 25th time in his career at the Canadian Grand Prix, Mon- uh, Montreal Circuit, as wet weather conditions dominated Saturdays with Nico Holkenberg, a sup- surprise second for Haas, due to a well-timed effort to put himself on the front row. Rome, I'm going to hand this one over to you first instant reaction and instant thoughts to what was a very wet and rainy qualifying Saturday in Montreal.
1: Well, I looked at the forecast like a few hours before the race today. And when I saw that it was just rain all across the board, I was like, "Uh Oh, this is going to get real chaotic, real fast. And boy, did we get a crazy qualifying red flags left and right. Big guys going down in Q1 and Q2. Albano doing his thing, which we will talk about, I'm sure later on. And a bunch of surprising strategy tactics that kind of failed, but some worked. it was very interesting up and down the grid and it sets up for what's going to be a very, very interesting race tomorrow, but I understand you have a uh, guest joining us today.
0: Yeah, for sure, Roman. Thanks for handing it back over to me. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to welcome on my good friend, Sean, who's going to also be a freshman at Syracuse next year in the fall. Also a big Formula One fan. And actually, he just kind of reached out to me. I think from one of my stories, he slid up on I think one of the podcast posts a, c- a couple months back, and said he was also into Formula One. And it's just great to see so many of these fans popping up um, around the states, and especially you know younger audience like ourselves, Rome. So, Sean, welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, what are your thoughts on qualifying today? Just quick, instant your action, but also how did you kind of get into the sport, man? It's a pleasure to have you on.
2: Yeah, it's good to be on, man. Uh, I'd say I-, I got into the sport around like twenty eighteen like back when they introduced the halo mm. like the, whole, the whole reason i got into the sport was that like since i was like a, since i was a kid I, i've been i was like a nascar fan you know constantly watching the races every sunday and everything with my family and then over the few years you know of those just a few years went by i was like you know i was a teenager and, and uh i just what was it? it it just got really boring for me and i was like i, I need a new motorsport to watch and i figured i'd, I'd seen a little bit of formula e actually I was like, okay, this is a new up and coming motor motorsport. It looks kind of interesting. I'll check it out. Looked into it a little bit, and all of a sudden found Formula One. I was like, you know what? This I know about this too. You know, it's very famous. I'll check it out a little bit. And I just watched more of the highlights. Got really into it, and ended up watching the. Um, I think it was Abu Dhabi, of 2017. So I watched the last race of 2017. Mm. I had no idea what was going on. Just watched it in my kitchen, and then. 2018 season came around. I started watching the entire thing and I fell in love.
0: Well, thank Eli. you, Sean, for, um, yeah, no, for, for sure, man. Thank you for, um, telling us a little bit about your story, but, uh, I'm going to get right into qualifying session. Like I mentioned, it was, we're stopping to uh Turk pole position, but I'm going to, we're going to write back to you, Sean, this one, because we had a very eventful Q1 as the likes of Pierre Gasly was eliminated. And let's get right into that right now here, Sean. He was furious at the drivers in front of him who were impeding, uh, the likes of Carlos Sainz, who is very likely to not be able to start eighth, uh, like he qualified today, because he's probably going to get at least one, maybe even two free place grip penalties for impeding and in, in, in qualifying today. So Sean, I want to hand it over to you first, obviously a big name, Pierre Gasly, uh, knocked out in Q1, but also... Um, Sean, if you if you ever listen to this podcast, which I'm pretty sure you have, you'll know that Rome and I aren't the biggest fans of Yuki Sonoda. and uh, he just continues to prove why he isn't the the driver for the future for this Red Bull Racing team. You know, knocked down Q one once again. Um, his teammate was as well, but out qualified the likes of Kevin Magnussen, you know, and Valtteri Bottas, who haven't been having the greatest season. So. I want to get your thoughts on Gasly's elimination, but also what are your opinions on Yuki Snowden? Because I just think that all these rumors about him going to Red Bull in the next couple of seasons, they shouldn't even be a, a talking point because he just hasn't proved it on the, on the, on the track.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree on Yuki. I mean, he's – actually, I'll get I'll get to um, – it was Gasly, right? Yeah, Gasly. Yeah. No, I'll get to Pierre first. Seeing him – seeing that impeding uh, – seeing Carlos and uh, seeing that impeding on track – I was a little bit on the edge of my seat it was I was like that's very dangerous I was like you know I I don't know how to feel about it I definitely think Carlos deserves a bit of a, a bit of a grid drop for it especially considering the fact that he was sitting like on the side of the track later on in, in Q2 and just seemed like he was kind of, kind of in a dangerous position so that's kind of that's just kind of how I feel on that uh, on that end in terms of Yuki I mean considering how he's been doing the whole season Compared to his teammate, I mean, it's it's just no competition. He's 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 not up to snuff, if I'm being honest. He's just he's not as good as he should. he's not performing as well as he should be. I mean, being an alpha towery, I mean, personally, I'll, I'll admit it. I'm a, I'm a big Daniel Ricardo fan, and I don't want to wish bad on Yuki or anything. I I mean, I, I kind of like the guy. I think he's kind of fun, but. I think if he got knocked out of AlphaTauri, I'd love to see Daniel Ricciardo in that seat, get back, uh, getting back on the grid, just personally.
0: <laughs> Interesting point. So actually, Rome, I'm going to throw this over to you now. Do you think it's more likely that AlphaTauri would have been Nick DeVries or Yuka Sonoda in this season? And But also, I'm going to hand it over to another question that I'd ask you, Rome. That's the first question. But the second question is, what would you do? Would you have been Sonoda or would you have been DeVries? I'm pretty sure I know your answer.
1: Well, very interesting point about Ricardo, though. And to your point, Sean, I feel like pretty much everybody who's a Ricardo fan and enjoys his company knows that he wants an F one seat, or people would like for him to be in an F one seat. So it's pretty much in the cards. But the it, who, in terms of who is going first to, uh, in terms of who is going first to get binned from AlphaTauri, I'd I'd still probably say DeVries just because like Alfatari still loves Yuki for some reason. But if it was up to me, I'd been Yuki immediately because he was supposed to be this number one guy who was supposed to be in the seat for Alfatari for a couple more years, maybe level up to Red Bull. But like like we've been saying this whole podcast and throughout his whole career, he is not an F1 driver regardless of the fact that you could pull in a casual P8 one day, a surprising P10 one random race a season, he he just he he just all he does is just sit back at the grid and doesn't do much outside of that. And that's not what you want to see from from an F1 team at all and he might get a reserve driver spot at some teams but I don't, I don't know if even that's in the cards either, because he doesn't have that much racecraft and experience to give teams knowledge like Ricardo can for Red Bull. So very, very shaky times at AlphaTauri, especially with France Tusk leaving and stepping down at the end of the year. And I feel like that whole team is just going to get shaken about trying it. And I don't know if they're going to sell the team in a few years. I mean, with the way that it seems like there's no direction going on with AlphaTauri right now. So if I had to, probably guess I'd probably bid Yuki first because you guys all know are biased against Yuki. let just give it at this point.
0: Yeah, and mckee McKeez, who's replacing Franz Tosa at the end of the season roam, you know, the Ferrari uh men in the Ferrari garage, he's got a hard job on his hands come this summer, you know, and and come end of next season in March of twenty twenty four because we could be seeing a totally different driver lineup for Alpatari, you know, Maybe those two drivers are are two different drivers, you know, when it comes to the grid in 2024. So I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Um, but let's now get into Q2, guys, because even more, you thought, you know, the likes of Gasly was a big name to be knocked out before Q3. Once again, the likes of Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez for the second race run-in are knocked out in Q2. Sean, I'm going to go to you on this one first. I just want to get your opinions on Sergio Perez because, you know, he hasn't been – doing great in the qualifying or in the races in the past couple of Grand Prix weekends. I know Roma's opinions on him, and he obviously has accomplished the season already with two race wins. But when does it get to a point, Sean, where Red Bull have to look to uh, Sergio Perez and say, it's just as it?
2: Personally, like I, I like Checo. I, I really do. I think he's a great driver. The one problem I have is that he's going up against Max. And I think any driver on the grid right now is just... There's there's just no competition with him. I mean, like even if you put Lewis in that seat, I mean, Max has just got it. He's just got it down at every track. I mean, he, he's pretty much, you know, he's pretty much qualifying first everywhere, winning every race. He just always finds a way to just I don't know, just get to that first place spot. I mean, I think Checo's a very good driver. It's just I don't think I don't know if anyone can really go up against
0: Max, personally. But in that Red Bull, Sean, you you gotta assume that you got against Q three more consistently than he has been in these past couple weekends. I, so I just want to throw that question back over to you. Well,
2: yeah, that's very true. I will. I mean, I, I mean I haven't really, I don't really remember what it was like uh, I I've, I've been gone for a little while, so I'm I'm a little <laughs> out of the loop right now on Checo and yeah. where he's been qualifying. I mean, I know qualifying in this race with all the rain and everything, it was very hectic. So I don't yep. know if I could blame that a little bit. Uh, uh, uh as you know, in terms of the previous races this season, the last few, I don't really, I was kind of doing some other stuff. I was just a little out of it, but I don't know. I need to see how the rest of the season goes. I, I have confidence in it, though. I, I do think mm. he'll pull through.
0: For sure, and he's got the card to do that, and We know he's got two race wins right of the season on both of the street circuits, and we know how good he is around uh, those types of, you know, circuits, but... Um, let's get to Leclerc, Rome, because, my Lord, uh, another hustle with Ferrari over the radio. Um, I get that his dream, Rome, growing up, probably was to be Ferrari's number one driver and a World driver championship with Ferrari. But at what point is enough for Charles Leclerc to say, goodbye, I'm leaving, um, you guys? Even if it's to go to the likes of, dare I say, and ask Martin if Alonso's surprising retire at the end of the season... Or, you know, go to the likes of an Alfa or somehow replace Checo Perez at Red Bull if he if he moves on or performances aren't good enough. So what when is when is, I think I think the tipping point has already been exceeded room. But, but what are your thoughts on
1: that? I mean, we've talked at nauseam about the fact that Leclerc just needs to get out of Ferrari. And it became more evident on the radio because you could tell how brutally mad he was at Ferrari. And he was like, come on, man, like our tires weren't ready. And you could just tell the friction between Leclerc and the team is getting tighter and tighter every race and with every mistake that he makes. And he just needs a change of scenery. I think that's been written in the stars since the middle of last year. He needs a change of scenery ASAP. It just depends on where that is, because... All it takes is one little driver opening and the whole grid goes spinning because we've already seen that with the silly season last year. So anything can happen at this point, but it is looking so gloomy for Leclerc right now. And he Mm -hmm. just needs to get out of Ferrari as soon as possible. And I also want to check on, uh, I also want to touch on uh, Checo Perez as well. Because when I was watching that Q2 and I saw him towards that elimination zone, and of course he got eliminated, I was like, this is this is a little bit concerning because this is back-to-back races of him not doing too well and even as a checo fan myself and a guy who like knows this guy can put in good results i i i am starting to get a little worried i gotta be honest i mean i know he could pull it through it's a red bull car He, he he's proven to get wins before and he just needs to prove now that this start of the season wasn't just a fluke. He needs to keep it consistent throughout because Mm. these last two races have not been consistent whatsoever. And I feel like tomorrow he really needs to lock in on getting some good points, maybe even P7, P6, I think is where his range could be because we all know Red Bull on race day is a frigging rocket ship across those circuits. So he could easily shoot up that grid. And we've seen it, I think it was in Spain where he was in like P11 and he got all the way up to P5. So he he can easily replicate that result. So I'm not worried about him at that point, but just watching him today, it worried me a little bit, but it could also be attested to the rain as well, like we talked about. So I guess there's a lot of excuses you could throw in at, but not not a great performance for Checo in qualifying, but I think he'll make, I think he'll make a forward on race. day. I think
0: the more concerning thing for me for Checo is, and I don't want to try to sound like a hater here because I'm not, I do like the guy and I think he's a good person out here, one, and I'm sure he can be in the sport for a couple more years. Maybe that's not with Red Bull, but with another team, in my opinion, but this has become an, a consistent basis for him. I mean, qual- qualifying in Monaco, he crotches out, starts from the back of the grid. Qualifying in Spain doesn't make it out of Q2. Qualifying now in Canada doesn't make it out of Q2. Like, when is it going to stop for Paris? His only, his race pace can only save him so much, you know? And so, you got to put this red ball on the podium more consistently because this car is head and shoulders above the rest of the field. I don't care what you say at the moment. So I just think there's more drivers on the grid right now. that are more deserving of the spot than Checo Perez, you know, the likes of Norris, the likes of Charles Leclerc. Um, so yeah, I just, that's just my personal opinion, but let's move on now guys to Q3, because it was kind of a crazy Q3 but at the same time, a little bit boring because after one lap, we kind of knew what the grid was going to be. Um, but I want to touch on Williams real quick because, wow, their strategy paid off in Q2, guys. I mean, Alex Alba, I know he didn't get a lap time in, in Q3, but he's going to start from P10 tomorrow. I know Rums really happy about this. Um, but, Sean, I want to get your thoughts on Alex Alba because here's another young driver that is deserving a potentially a, mid, a better midfield uh, team seat, but also even you could dare say a top three uh, seed because of the talent and, and, the, and the performances he's extracted out of this William, which is probably the, still the worst car on the grid. So your thoughts on Alex Albon, first of all, he went fast in Q2. And I know some of that was down to decision-making of the team principal, Williams, and the expertise of the, of the engineers. But, I mean, it's it's pretty fascinating to see what Alex Albon's doing in, in that black and blue car at the moment, Phil.
2: Yeah, I would say I'm pretty impressed with Albon right now. I mean, shooting into shooting into P1 in Q2, even if it was just sounded like strategy and everything. I mean, that's racing at the end of the day. I mean, he mm. still pulled it all the way to Q1 and that and I remember who was it. It was um what's his name? Karun Chandhok in like in between Q1, uh, Q2 and Q3, analyzing his uh, his lap and seeing how how like precise he was on that dry line. I mean, it, it was incredibly impressive. And I mean, in the machinery he's in I'm I'm honestly pretty pretty impressed granted I don't I mean I I'd assume he's really picked up the pace since a few years ago back when he was with Red Bull and he was doing pretty terribly I mean I I don't know if you put him back in a Red Bull now if he you know be better than he was but I think he's definitely deserving
0: of of being at a better team at, at this point in his career I think mm. Yeah. Well, I'm getting this one over to you now because I know you're an Alex Albon fanboy, but honestly, Rom, your takes are being justified at the moment. So I can't say much to that, you know.
1: I mean, listen, I've called this since last year. This guy can put in these types of results, regardless if it's qualifying, race day, whatever. This guy to me right now has probably a top five, top three best qualifying drivers on the grid right now. Probably with Verstappen and Holkenberg, honestly. Because the way that Albon drives in qualifying is absolutely insane, and we've seen it in countless races where he's put where he's put his car up into like the top five of like the, of like provisional places. Of course, it got went it went down by them because other drivers went. But when he races that, I see that name shoot up into up the grid almost instantaneously every time, and he was bound to get this type of result anyway because he was because he was doing so well. And I think it was just that Williams strategy also kind of played into it too, because they were on slicks immediately when everybody else was still trying to get slicks on. Like they were kind of leading the charge in terms of the strategy, I think, in terms of that and in, in terms of that session. So to get that that symbiotic energy with or synergy with strategy and Albon putting the pace in, in that card that it needs to, that was what led to the fastest time in Q2. And I wish he could have gotten a time in because I think if he would have gotten a time in, he would have probably did well, but I guess just because the rain was too much for anybody to handle, they just didn't want to risk it. So I completely understand that. But if that track was just a little dry, he could have gotten a nice time in there, probably like a P five or a four, because that's the way this man was driving today. So kudos to him. And like Sean said, and I've been saying this whole time, he deserves a top three seat. I, I don't know if Checo's got to go. I don't know if it, Leclerc's got to go like to open up a big three spot because Albon deserves a big three spot. And Mm. if you, if you, if you are still telling me that Albon does not deserve a top three spot after this performance, I honest to God, don't know what else to tell you. I really don't know what else to tell you at this point. I, it's just, my argument is rested and it's being justified right before everybody's eyes. Well, Rome, I just, I'm going to put devil's advocate here just for fun. Um, so
0: do you think that Alba, and I like, listen, I, I agree with you. He's a very talented driver, and he deserves a better seat than Williams at the moment. But do you think he deserves a top three seat over the likes of Lando Norris, and even
1: like a guy like Esteban Ocon at the moment? Is is, is that what you're saying? Yes, and it's probably not that close. Because of the way wow. Alba is driving right now, I mean, I, I get it. Ocon got a podium in Monaco, and Norris has been driving well. But teams look at Albon's performances because again we keep saying it. Albon is in a car that should be nowhere close to the top ten, let alone the top five of any qualifying. So that immediately that immediately shoots Albon above Norris and Acon for me because Norris and Acon are in decent sized or are in decent running cars, McLaren and Alpine. And what what Albon's doing in a Williams in a Williams, mind you. I don't know if Norris and Ocon can do what Albon is doing in the Williams. Mm. And I feel like teams look at that and go, if if he can do that in a car like that, there's no telling what he can do in a car like what we have in the big three. It's it, it's just too easy of a – it's it's really not that close for me. It's really not that close. And people could call me crazy on that, but it's really not that close to me. So I
0: could see a scenario in which Leclerc leaves to join Red Bull – which opens up a seat of Ferrari, and that would be, I think, a perfect spot for Alex Albon to maybe develop his game. I know that Ferrari's kind of been a disaster in a, like, just mistake after mistake these past couple of years, but it's still a big three-car, and it's still much faster. So, you know, to learn the likes of Carlos signs as well, and to have Fred Vassor in the, in the seat of team principal, who's, he has experience with young drivers, I think that might be a good good switch up for, for Albon, and obviously it would be a huge upgrade for him in his career going forward, but before we move on to Q3, guys, I got one more... I got one more name to talk about. I don't... he, he, he might have thought his name under the radar, but I got to give him... I got to give him some... I got to give him some criticism here. In his home race, Lance Stroll, P13. Guys, in an Aston Martin where his teammate once again out-qualifies him in P3, was Spain a fluke? I think maybe so. Um... Your home race and you and you can't get into Q three after, after you, you like I said it's his home race and you're in an Aston Martin which is arguably the second best car in the grid at the moment maybe you're third behind Mercedes but Sean I want to get your thoughts on this one just do you think Lance Stroll is a paid driver in your opinion and if so um what's it gonna take to get his I mean is it gonna it's he he could he could he could crash every weekend and his dad would take him out of that seat would he? I think
2: it's time for Sir Lance a lot to go. Personally,
0: I mean, <laughs> he's had a few,
2: very few good, you know, decent drives, but from pretty much everything we've seen of him over these past few weeks and everything, comparing him to Alon to Alonzo, who I'm just gonna mention, I'm I'm pretty much Alonzo fanboy this season. I'm 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 still waiting for him to get P one. Anyway, uh, yeah, in terms of Lance,
0: it's just what was I saying before? <laughs> I lost my train of thought real quick. We said uh, you gave him a cool nickname in Sir Lancelot, but I'm not sure what you were thinking besides that.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I was. Um,
0: what was I on? I, I, I lose my train of thought a lot. <laughs> no, no worries, man. You were just talking about you know the likes of, Lance Stroll, and I, oh, I asked oh, you the yeah, question yeah, yeah. if 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 his dad's ever gonna take him out of the seat even if he isn't up to par.
2: Yeah, I remember I was talking about him compared to Alonzo. I mean, Alonzo's yep. putting in you know p2 p3 p4 another p2 it's just and lance is like you know like p12 p14 it's like dude what are you doing you're you're the second best car on the grid i'd say and you were putting in this kind of crappy performance i mean like, like what the hell it's just i i don't know and personally i i mean i think it would take a name higher up if if you could find someone higher up you know i'll get I'll tell lauren stroll that hey your son's destroying the team you know we need to put in better performances i i know he's your son but you know at the end of the day we, we got to get results and he's not giving us those results so you know i, th- I think it's time to sack him <laughs> i think it's time
0: for him to leave I like you like in football manager terms there, so I'm a big fan of that. Um, <laughs> Thanks, man. But, uh, Rome, I'm going to go over to you now. Um, Lance Stroll, uh, knocked down in Q2. Um, I know you're high up in altitude there in New York or, you know, on, on your 49th floor and everything, so you might be, you know, breathing in some different <laughs> air than one of us, but y- y- you've, got, <laughs> you've got some interesting takes, and I want to hear your thoughts on Lance Stroll as well.
1: Uh, interesting take, bro. I love it. Yeah. Um... Man, this this guy, Lance Stroll, man, he is just a walking fluke, bro. Like, a walking fluke. This guy cannot put together any type of race. Like, this guy can do a P6 one day and then a P16 the next. Like, he's so inconsistent. Such a fluke throughout. And, ah, man, I think I, I couldn't agree more with what Sean said because Lance, Lance just needs to go. Like, he 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 needs to – Lawrence needs to pull a Doc Rivers here and trade his son like he did with Austin like bro needs to get him out of here ASAP like he he should put his priorities straight like and I'm sure Lance would probably understand because I mean although it sounds kind of bad because it's like your father like like firing your son but like you kind of need to put the business first at that point like like come on dude like we gotta like I I'm still your father but like we got, we got, we gotta, we gotta move forward in the in a better direction than this, and probably get Alex Albon on this team because like that, that that's just what needs to happen at this point. Because Lance Stroll is just a walking fluke. This guy can't put together anything other than a race win like five thousand years ago, whatever that was. So, bro, just needs to get out of F one immediately. And I don't know if he'll even get a reserve driver. Like I said about Yuki, like I don't. It's so up in the air for Lance right now, but. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's 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 Instagram posts and vibes this weekend for Lance Stroll at his home race, and that's just about it. That's about get it. He's I feel like he's 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 thinking he's he's putting too much time into he's putting more time into the fact of which Instagram posts he's going to put out there, than actually in the simulator and driving around his home circuit. So yeah, that's just what my opinion is, but um. Guys, we don't have too much time left, so I want to transition to uh, Q3. And listen, I know it was one lap, but I got to hold my hands up uh, to the one Haas driver that I've given a lot of crap for um, on this podcast. And still, uh, he's in search of his first podium, but he might get one tomorrow from this starting position. On the front row, Nico Hulkenberg uh, is on the front row alongside Max for stopping Roman, I just want to you first. Listen, um, we're not the biggest fans of Haas on this podcast, but they've done well in qualifying this season, especially Holkenberg. you know, getting into Q3 multiple times. And this time, you know, through the situation, but also through his great driving, he's on the front row, which is, I believe, Haas's best start ever in a Grand Prix. I know Magnussen was on pole for the sprint in Brazil last year, but I'm pretty sure they mentioned on the broadcast, this is Haas' best start ever in a Formula 1 Grand Prix on a Sunday. So your thoughts
1: on him pulling up in the front row? I think it was also just the fact of strategy, too, for Haas, because I feel mm. like they really put him out at the right time and got him on a got him on a dry lap before the rain came. And I feel like at that point, like, if there's rain and it's like anything could happen, I feel like it all comes down to the team at that point and who has the best strategy. To me, I think Williams had the best strategy in Q2 with Alex Alvon and Q3 Haas had the best strategy with Nico Hulkenberg, because it was very interesting, though, because as Piastri hit the wall, like right as that happened, the Hulkenberg crossed the line. He got P2. And it was interesting what Crofty brought up, too, because he was like, if Piastri like would have went into the wall like six seconds later, Alonzo would have probably gotten P2. So I think at that point, it's also just the luck of the draw because you, you never know what could happen on a wet circuit. And all these cars sliding around, like Science of Monaco doing the slide into the DMs with that uh, the R the nineties R and song, whatever that song is, that you overlay it, that on top of. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't like it. It's just a a, a wet track and just cause a bunch of chaos to go down. And I think that's what happened today uh, today. But we'll see what happens tomorrow. I think it should be a little cloudy, not too much rain. So that that could make a better difference and could like shake out the grid how it's supposed to, but we'll see about tomorrow though. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, Sean, I'm going to throw this one over to you now. So basically what we do every podcast is we give, um, we write Monday's headline tonight. So for you, what is your headline? I guess. Yeah. What's your headline? Give me your headline first, but then also give me your podium for uh, the Sundays. What do you think is going to happen tomorrow?
2: All right. I guess in terms of, um, I guess since we were talking talking about Nico, I mean, I'd say in terms of of headline or something, I I mean, I think it would be something along the lines of, like, Nico Hulkenberg ends up in, like, P15 or something like that after starting P2. Like, Nico throws it away or something like that. (laughs) Because, I mean, compared to, you know, Max and and Alonso, he's going to get passed immediately. I mean, I'm pretty sure Crofty also, like, pretty much said that. I, I think he said something similar to that. But in terms of U.S. for the po- uh, for it, I think it's gonna be like the podium tomorrow, right? Yeah. All right. I mean, what was it? I mean, let me. Sh- I'm just going back to my F1. I have to check with the uh, qualifying results again. And whatever. Yeah. Okay. It was. Yeah. Okay. I think I think Max is gonna win it again because he keeps winning everything, and it's kind of gotten on my nerves a little bit. But that's an issue for another day. I, guess I think it's probably gonna be Max, in my heart, I want I want Alonzo to be second. And third, hmm, Th- third's kind of a toss-up for me. I mean, I mean, I- I'd like to see maybe Akon in third. I don't know. I don't know. He's been impressing me like all season, to be honest. I'm like, like he's being very overlooked, in my opinion. I mean, he's constantly up there and he's just like no one notices that he's there. I'm like, he's in the he's like in top five or something like that. I'm like, why is no one mentioning that? I mean, I, I, I think Ocon might have a chance. I don't remember where he, where he's starting, but I, I, I'd like
0: to see him maybe up there. Cool. Good stuff, and good shout, because Ocon, I think, deserves maybe even a better seat than the car that he's in right now in Alpine, and we saw, we saw that with his podium in, in, at Monaco. So, Rome, give me your headline, but also give me your podium for the 2023 Canadian Grand Prix.
1: Yeah, just to touch back on Sean's point about Ocon, that was, that's a very good point about Ocon. I feel like with his podium in Monaco, he really did that, and now, and if he gets a podium in Canada, it'd be second second podium of the year, and like the past like like three races, so that'd be a big time for him. But just quickly, my podium for this race is for Stappen's going to win it, of course, because he always wins everything. I have Fernando Alonso going P two, and I have Lewis Hamilton going P three. I feel like that Mercedes car has been upgrading really well, and I feel like LH gets a podium. So I feel like I, I, that's in the cards for him. And then as for my headline, it says the Papaya Boys get it done. Lana Norris gets P5. Oscar Piastri gets P6. And I'll leave it at that. Hmm. Okay. So maybe some
0: overtakes from the boys in McLaren tomorrow. Um, they, they've looked good all weekend. Maybe they just needed to go away from that triple crown livery and their mojo's back and, and going now for Zach Brown's team. But for my headline, my headline is going to be Max Verstappen only wins by less, maybe he wins by less than ten seconds, uh, which is still saying something uh, in, in in a Grand Prix. But I'm going, I'm going to give the bold take that Max Verstappen won't win by twenty seconds again um, in a Grand Prix, and I hope for for us fans, you know, just watching the two hour long race, if that's the case. So I'm going to go for Verstappen P1. Uh, I think he's going to win, maybe about by twenty or thirty seconds, hopefully again. Uh, but he's just been so dominant. You can't, you can't deny the man at the moment. And then P2, I think it's going to be fascinating to see Alonzo and Hamilton battling out for P2. I really do. Um, I still think at the moment Mercedes is on a better trend right now than Aston Martin. I'm going to go Lewis Hamilton in P2. And I'll put Fernando Alonso in P3, though. I think he's going to hold off George Russell for that podium spot. So that's my podium. Um, we talked a lot about today. We talked a lot, about a lot today and um just really excited for this Grand Prix tomorrow. It's if we're if stopping was on the grid at the moment, you know, we could be seeing some fights for the win. but at, at the moment that's just not the case, but it should be fun to see a little bit farther down the grid, you know, and the other Grand Prix that we're watching um, that um, maybe we'll have some overtakes and we'll have an interesting podium, but for Sean, for Rome, I'm Shin Holcomb. We will see you tomorrow to recap 2023 Canadian Grand Prix. Enjoy the race, everyone.